Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Rachel Myro and Fermina Kim. Yesterday, Forum's Ariana Prail spoke with Grammy Award-winning R&B singer Maxwell. He's preparing to release a new album and is currently on a nationwide tour that makes stops in L.A. and Oakland this month. Here's their conversation. That's the new hit single off by three-time Grammy Award-winning artist Maxwell. You also know him from his other hit songs like Till the Cops Come Knockin', Something Something, his cover of Kate Bush's This Woman's Work, Pretty Wings, the list goes on. He's with me now in conversation. Welcome to Forum, Maxwell. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. And congratulations are in order because off officially hit number one this week on Billboard's adult R&B radio chart, your eighth single to do so. You've posted on social media that this is an emotional one, too, because it's the first number one under your own label, Muse. What are the emotions that bubbled up with that news? I mean, just, you know, seeing that, you know, that 26 years after the your first, you know, your entry into a, a, a dream, you know, that, that you could be um, still viable to people and that you could actually do it yourself. And that there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of people, a lot of radio stations, um, people who really worked hard to um, get, the, get the song out there. Um, but as you know, you know, people don't have to listen to what you do, you know? So to even have it chart in the way that it did so many years later, which, you know, means a lot to me because I know so many artists who, began with contracts um, with huge companies and then wanted to sort of, you know, do their own thing down the road. There are very few of them who are end up being successful. You know, Sam Cooke wanted to do that in his life. And mm. obviously Prince, you know, was, was always ringing the alarm about ownership of your masters and, you know, being aware of the business that you're getting into. And, 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 you know, he always was one of those people. So for me, it's very emotional because it's 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 almost like a pathway for others more than it is my win. It's a win and a possibility for for others. Well, off is from your upcoming album night, completing the album trilogy, Black Summer's Night, that began in 2009. Does it feel different completing this album compared to others? Because it's not just the album that's complete now. It's a whole multi-part project you envisioned. 
Right, right. You know, it's a it's a definite sort of like full circle moment. Um, I think in light of the fact that, you know, this album will be coming out, you know, under my label uh, with a great partnership with BMG. We've been through a lot. We've seen a lot more than I knew would ever occur in our present day world. So um, Night is going to be a very particular specific album focused directly on giving people a good time. Nice you know, and giving people a sense of optimism, sensuality. Um, you know, I'm so grateful to have a song like Off because, you know, in a time of so much um, uncertainty, to be able to say confidently to someone, keep shooting all your shots and don't you miss them, you know, like giving people the, the encouragement to keep going. Well, you're celebrating with the night tour, which makes stops at the Forum in L.A. on April 15th and the Oakland Arena in the Bay Area on April 16th. You're joined by singers Anthony Hamilton and Joe as well. You've been on the road for a little bit now. How's it being back out there again to perform live again? It's been interesting. I can tell you that it was like I was a little rusty. Okay. And I I really appreciate all those initial audiences and their patience and uh, they're understanding that, yes, there's a human being behind the voice. And I was just trying to get it all together. I mean, it was very tough because we're dealing with lots of COVID protocols, right. um, lots of insurance issues, you know, making sure people are safe. But it's been awesome. People have been surprised the fact that they're even out. Right. It's almost like I'm surprised that I'm out. I'm surprised that they're out. They're surprised that they're out. And it's like the most it's probably the most amazing audiences I've ever experienced because of just how I think people now can appreciate, you know, the blessing of each other, you know, having fellowship, being around uh, each other is, is, you know, a a different thing. So I'm grateful on that end. Nice. And how did you approach this tour? What was the mood board looking like for this one? Uh, I wanted sexy, you know, and I wanted, I wanted, I wanted sexy. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Enough said. And, And I, and I think, you know, when we were uh, wanted visually, when you come to the show, if you're going to see it, you're going to just see so many kinds of women and, and sizes and, and just the way we glorify and represent just that whole thing that is female, you know, it's just, it's so important. And I definitely wanted something that was just like strong and sexy and visually um, arresting. And I think that, you know, with the help of Linda Strawberry, I mean, a lot of women are involved in this. Natalie, she's a major director during the show. You know, all the stuff that you see with the live camera action is there's a Black woman behind that, you know. Well, you've (laughs) spoken about having a more shy personality contrary to your occupation but you wouldn't be able to tell that when you're on stage you know I've seen you perform a number of times over the years dating back to your first tour in 97 and you get down yeah that one you were at Paramount in Oakland was where where I saw it oh my god I remember that show because let me tell you the Bay Area is like yo like for me that's you know, Tony, Tony, Tony. Right. I mean, there's so many people that like I just love. Like even to this very day, H.E.R. She's a Bay Area yes. girl. Yes. And sir. that music is is just life for me. Definite culture. You know, you definitely get a Bay Area feel. Yeah. <laughs> you know when someone's from that area and and what and what they come with. Um. So. So yeah, I I, I love those That's shows. That's great that you remember that show too. Well, yeah, and so and. And what I wanted to highlight, too, is that you really get down in your shows. And so I was curious, like, what do you tap into when becoming Maxwell the performer? You know what? I think I think really more than anything, I'm just here to sort of 
you know, there's certain like there's certain people that I that I look at, you know, in their work, and, and I'm always just happy that they're still around mm. and they can bring a nostalgia to me. They can take me back in time, they can just freeze a moment. And and my goal is to hopefully give people that. I know that, you know, when I'm shouting out the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, and you're getting people who are screaming, there are actually kids that were born in the 90s there, obviously the 80s. And of course, I'm a 70s baby. So when you see a multi-generational experience right before your eyes, you, you're, you're more than just a passing fancy. Mm. And, and, and I don't really look at it as being me. I just feel like the culture grabbed me and took me with it. I get stories, you know, like I was, I was at the last show that I was at, I met, I met an incredible couple who uh, she told me, you know, I was 25 years ago, I was in the worst marriage of my life. I, I got your album. I, I, I cut ties with that relationship. I met this new person um, and she was telling me, you know, this is my, we've been together for 20 years. You've been the soundtrack of our life. You were wow. like part of it. You served as an impetus for me to kind of, but I always tell people like it was your inner strength that you, that, that, that moved you. And I just happened to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can't always take, I can't fully take credit for, for the courage and the courageous acts that, people you know commit for themselves each and every day just to live because life is what it is you know it's life is real out here yeah. you know it's not it's not a game um but I'm happy that I could be part of so many people's um you know romantic moments their marriage moments their breakup moments their crying moments um you know it's been a gift to be to be a part of that it's a strong love because yes. uh, I've had it for R&B since I was a child, since I was five, six years old. I was looking at the radio like it was a television. For me, music was like pictures, listening to the notes. And, you know, for me, I just love, I just love music. And I love, I love Black voices. Wow. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's just something about a Black woman's voice. It's just that Mahalia Jackson, you know, that Mavis Staples, that, uh, that your mother screaming your name. It's the full spectrum. <laughs> well, you've got a catalog spanning over two decades now. What's your favorite song to perform these days? Oh, wow. Um, what really does it for me? Um, there's a few. I mean, I mean, I think, I think Lifetime really kind of sticks out for me. That was Lifetime off Maxwell's album Now, one of his favorite songs to perform. 
Well, I want to share one of my new favorites um, that you performed, which you performed on your 50 Intimate Nights tour a few years ago. And I saw you post on social media recently as part of this tour's promo, and that is Lake by the Ocean, the Michael Brune remix. Yes. So for listeners who aren't familiar, Michael Brune is a Haitian producer and DJ. Let's play some of it, and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> The sun, I was dazed, I was burned, I was lost deep in the storm of a grave. Had a bed as a coffin. You were only the one that made me fulfilled. Only the thing that made me reveal. My destiny was before us, the beach of a forest. Anything and nothing, it's just it's just you, just us, nobody but love on trust. Again, that's Lake by the Ocean, the Michael Brune remix. We're talking with Grammy Award-winning singer Maxwell about his music, past and present, and the night tour, which comes to California in a couple weeks. So he's done a few remixes for you. What's that collaboration been like, knowing that you also share kind of some Haitian heritage? Yeah, he did that remix, and then we we, we made it part of the show. And, of course, we added this particular island-feeling dance yeah. situation to it. And and those that understand the, the, the Caribbean thing understand it, you know. It, it's a very nice place, space to be, you know. Um, yeah. Well, I love great. it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Well, let's talk about your second album, Embrya, for a moment. Last year, you celebrated 25 years since your debut album, Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite. Next year, it will be 25 years for Embrya. And critics originally didn't show Embrya any love, but now is recognized as an influential album in terms of alternative R&B sounds we've heard in recent years. So let's play a little of the song Luxury Coco Cure off that album to give folks a flavor. Oh, wonder. 
That's Luxury Coco Cure off Maxwell's 1998 album Embrya. So how are you feeling about approaching that 25-year milestone with Embrya? I imagine it's a little different because it wasn't lauded the way Urban Hang Suite was. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because it's like it was my way of sort of bringing in, you know, uh, the Afrobeats, the sort of Caribbean Afrobeat situation into the, into the mix. And I think, I think R&B music at the time was very fascinated with hip hop. As it as it you know what should be you know like Biggie was from Brooklyn, Jay Z was you know obviously from Brooklyn, you know Nas is from Queens, you know we have Lauren Hill, we have the Fugees, you know this was like a glorious moment for New York, in terms of music, um, and then of course you know you had Los Angeles you know with Dr. Dre and with Snoop, so I think when I was coming out with Embrya, it it wasn't I don't think ears were really prepared for that and I knew that I knew that it would probably get what it was going to get but I was going to I knew that at at its very core that I was going to really attract a, a real or more intense audience to myself than the ones that would come just because I was going with the flow so to speak I always wanted to be that artist that was like kind of like Prince a little bit where you know you just never knew what you were going to get with him you know it's like yeah. you get Purple Rain but then you get Sign of the Times too and that has a door on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Then you have the Black album and then you have Love Sexy, which has When Two Are In Love. You know, you may not be into Alphabet Street, but When Two Are In Love is on that album and Anastasia is on that record. And, you know, that was the kind of thing that I wanted to, to be. And, and and so, you know, a lot of the, the critics, there been, I think there's like a... Um, they revisited a lot of the people who were lukewarm about it and they had you know, revise their understanding about it. And to me, that's the true test of being an artist is that, you know, going through the fire uh, without without people really having your back, but like sticking to it to the point where they eventually just have to, they just can't deny you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I know I have to let you go, um, but just briefly, is there anything you love in particular about your California audiences and that you're looking forward to when you visit us in a couple of weeks? Oh, I just, I got to tell you, you know, just the energy, um, you know, the fact that, you know, the fact that, you know, Kendrick Lamar, I mean, just, I just love, I loved what I saw on, on the Super Bowl. Um, it made me happy. I mean, I'm from that Dre time, you know, I'm from that Mary era. I'm from, for me, when I saw LA get their flowers, in my opinion, you know, it should have been way sooner, but to see Snoop doing his little dance, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm just like, yeah it was a good moment. So I'm excited for that. And I'm obviously excited about the weather. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Amazing. It'll be some nice weather for you waiting. Well, we look forward to having you April 15th in LA, April 16th in Oakland, the night tour featuring Anthony Hamilton and Joe Maxwell. Thanks so much for coming on forum. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day. And as a nod to the tour, we'll go out to the live version of Ascension Don't Ever Wonder from Maxwell's 1997 MTV Unplugged album, bringing that concert energy.
Forms Ariana Prale speaking with Grammy Award winning R&B singer Maxwell. I'm Rachel Myro. Mina Kim is back in the host chair on Monday. Have a great weekend. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.